All right, friends. Well, guess what? Our podcast here at St. Andrew's Community Church is back. For those of you who may tune in for the first time, we used to have a weekly podcast, and we do it on video. We like to do it live because that way if people have questions, you can send those in. But we had a little flood that destroyed a lot of stuff in our church and destroyed our podcasting studio. So uh, we decided to wait until we got back from uh, Labor Day. And uh, so we're ready to start. And of course, if you don't know who these wonderful people are, uh, I am D.A. Bennett. I'm the lead pastor here at St. Andrews. And on my far left is Josh Coates, pastor of discipleship. But we decided if we were going to do a podcast, we needed to upgrade things. And so in the middle, Pastor Bonnie Coates. And yes, if you're wondering, they go together. In all kinds of weather, through thick and thin, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. And, of course, uh, the man that makes all this happen, our studio engineer, Jeff Smith. Jeff, how are you doing today? You know, uh, a little wore out. Been a busy week, but good week. Uh, but, you know, ready to get back into things and kind of catch our a, breath. A busy week, kind of, though, riding the wave for the whole year for you, wasn't it? It, it was literally a wave. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, we're excited about midweek firing up and the Apostles' Creed study and everything. So it's, it's you know, we're going to keep this week going. Yeah. One of the things that we decided to do in the midst of uh, our little break is we said, are there some things we can do differently? And uh, we had some ideas. Josh, why don't you tell them about some of the formatting ideas we've had and what we're going to try to do moving forward? Yeah, yeah. So I, we just kind of felt like the podcast was maybe a little too repetitive. Um, where you know we're preaching uh, a sermon on Sunday morning, and then it just felt like it was too heavy on kind of repeating what we've already put out there in service and online. And so uh, starting now, uh, part of it will be looking back at what was just preached, which was, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, right. um, creator of heaven and earth. And so we'll talk a little bit about that, but then the, the bulk of each week will be looking forward kind of a preview conversation amongst uh, amongst us on what to expect in the upcoming service um, so that it's not all just looking backwards, but that there's some kind of forward looking to it. And, and in some ways, the conversation even at times might help shape uh, what our sermons end up, end up being based on getting the perspective of maybe someone's got a question online or just hearing different perspectives. So um, I'm excited about the new format. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, we're not crowdsourcing for ideas. It's not that we've run out of creativity, but we do like to scratch people where the itch is. And uh, before we dive in today, Bonnie, welcome to Thank the you. podcast. Do you feel like uh, there's a little too much testosterone, a little too much manliness? And- no, I feel like the cream of the Oreo right now. <laughs> I'm the I'm the sweetest part. Yeah. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Well, let's dive in and We started a series this last Sunday on the Apostles' Creed. We're actually using a little devotional book uh, by Tim Tennant. It's called This We Believe, and uh, the outline for the sermons and everything follow the chapters in this book. And last week we looked at the first chapter, uh, I Believe in God, the Father Almighty. We're going to recap that just a little bit, but let's give you a little more... um, background, a little thought about the Apostles' Creed. And when we were planning this series and we were talking about preaching schedule, uh, Bonnie, you shared something with me, and I'd never really even thought about it, heard it, considered it before. But why don't you enlighten us on what some of your initial thoughts were with this? Yeah, I got a little feisty. I was like, wait a second. Are you going to give them some background for 
this because every time that I feel like every time that I have led a study or been a part of a study on the Apostles' Creed, it leads to people being upset because it seems like there's always controversy about the Apostles' Creed. Um, and so I was like, hold on, I need you to make sure that you go through and explain to them why the Apostles' Creed is important and why um, why you can look back historically and see that um, it's trustworthy and it's it's not just something that was made up in, in the medieval times by evil people who wanted to control the little minions of the world. <laughs> Which is not always a bad thought when you're <laughs> thinking world dominance. But, you know, yeah, I get the importance of it. I knew that what yeah. caught me was the controversy about it. So yeah. say more about that. Well, there's, I mean, there's all sorts of controversy about it. Um, that You know, part of it is, you know, the concept that this was just written by a, a portion of the world. And so there are not very many... Um, worldviews um, that can be um, given a voice um, within the Apostles' Creed. It's, it was written by a whole bunch of um, essentially Mediterranean um, men. So that that's is now, one of the examples. So, of, so in there, the that, that's two things. Yeah, there is. Mediterranean. Yeah. yeah. So it's not getting the voice of the Asian, yeah. the African, the North or South American, the mm-hmm. the Aussie-mate, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't get those. Mediterranean. And men. Men. Yeah. The cream of the Oreo. Yeah. So say, say more about that because, <laughs> again, you know, it, it's not that the controversy is bad. We just need to be aware that it's there yes, to give us sensitivity in how we move forward. Yeah. Well, as, as you can um, expect, like women sometimes have different um, understandings of what um, what some of the, the ideas about um, scripture are sometimes um, and different opinions and thoughts on um, on history on um, on lots of things we tend to read so, these things through our own lens right? absolutely we you do. know the, the lens of our experience and yeah. you know um, as the husband of a wife mm-hmm. I want to be sensitive to women as a father of a daughter Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things I love about having you on staff when Stephanie was on staff, one of the things I loved is young girls in our church can grow up understanding you can be female and God can still call you into ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's important. And that dives us right into the Mediterranean <laughs> men starting off by saying, I believe in God, the father, the, the father. father. Yes. Yeah. And I think it would be a mistake to uh, completely write that off based on people who've had bad experiences with her father. I, mm-hmm. I think while it is probably true, Mediterranean men, it was a patriarchal culture that we read in scripture and even the early part of the church. But the idea of God as father is not, it's not meant to be a uh, gender specific term. I don't think that's what they used in the culture. It was meant to be relational. Yeah. That God is relational. Yeah. That's the, that's the big part of that. I think we get hung up on words at times because in our context, father has a whole 
lot of baggage, good yeah, and bad, right. with it. Absolutely. And when we think of father, we think of a man. And so right. using that word, uh, some people see it as, well, are we saying God's a man? I mean, I, I remember going through the process of uh, being interviewed to be ordained mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And actually, the first question that you answer in your paper is, what is your understanding of God? And mm-hmm. that's my understanding of God is father. And actually got yelled at in my interview, um, ask and all kinds of questions because they were so up upset that um, I would think of God as father um, because they felt it was, uh, you know, sexist and, right. and all of that. And and for me, it's just, no, I'm not saying God is is a man. One, that's the word that's in scripture. That's but, what Jesus yeah, used. But, but yeah. two, it really does highlight the relational side of it, to use other words. And I think Tim talks about this perfectly in that first chapter, or maybe it's one of the upcoming chapters. I don't remember. I've, yeah. I've been reading through it. But one of the things that he he points out is that to use other words, you're you're defining God by what he does, not Instead by who, who he, he is. is. Right. And I think that's such an incredible point in that is God's desire, who he is at his core, is to be relational, to be in relationship with us. And I think that is in the first chapter of the book. It is also in the second chapter mm-hmm of the book as well. But Bonnie, knowing the baggage that yeah. some people read this with, what, what's your response to that? I mean, obviously, Josh and I are very comfortable with it. Uh, I don't have any issue <clears throat> at all with calling Godfather. And and again, part of that could be because of my experience with my own father. Mm-hmm. And I ha- I've had a great relationship with my father, and I've always kind of been a daddy's girl. Um, and so I don't, I don't, I don't personally take issue with calling God Father. And like you you pointed out, Jesus called God Father. Mm-hmm. And so if, if there's nothing else, if there's no other reason to call God Father, just the fact that Jesus called him Father um, and then explained, you know, this is how you pray, Father, mm-hmm. um, who art in heaven or who is in heaven, Father in heaven, um, that that is reason enough to me to consider, you know, God Father. Um, but because God is Father doesn't mean that God does not also have characteristics right. that are feminine, feminine, yeah. that are motherly or that are um, parently. I think I made that word up. Parental. 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 <laughs> Yeah. No, you know, when Jesus is getting ready to go into Jerusalem to be um, crucified, he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I wish I could gather you around me as a mother hen, you know, gets her baby chicks. And, you know, people like to point to that. I think it's easy for us to overlook that even while Jesus called him father, Jesus was not saying, oh, God's a bearded old man that lives on the top of the mountain. I, you know, that's, and again, it was a more patriarchal age. I, I get that. Can't deny that or fuss with that. But for me, when I say the creed, the idea is God is relational. Uh, and for for me, what that means is, number one, God wants to know us, which I think is incredibly important, yeah. but also God wants to be known by us. Yeah, and when I look at the first line of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, two words come to mind, good and great. Um, those are the words that come to mind when I look at that, because it really does highlight both of those natures of God, that mm-hmm. God is good, God desires to be in a relationship with us, God is near, but also almighty creator, God is great, God is powerful. And, and you talk about that in the sermon, there's nothing impossible. Nothing too for, difficult. Right, that was one God. of the tenant's comments. Yeah. I borrowed that from him. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, and so that really... In, 
in a nutshell, for me, that first line highlights both of those. And we see it throughout Scripture, this good and great sides of God. Mm-hmm. I even think back all the way to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3, in the, the story of Adam and Eve and the fall, we see the word Lord God 20 times in those, I don't know, 40 verses or so. Mm-hmm. Every time it's referring to God, it's saying Lord God. And it's that emphasis of God is Lord, God is good, mm-hmm. God is near, God is relational, and then God, that like... God is great and powerful. Um, and, and then it, it switches just a little bit when the serpent enters the picture. And the serpent says, well, did God really say that? Yeah. Well, yes, God Not said the Lord it. God, yeah. but God. And so in that little three, four verse wow. thing, the, the, uh, it, they only refer to God as God. And then it goes back to Lord God in verse six or seven when it says the Lord God is walking through the, the garden. garden looking for them. Um, and so in that short little segment of scripture, you can go look at it for yourself. Every time it mentions God, it's the Lord God, the Lord God, the Lord God. And then that segment, it switches to God. And the temptation, I think for a lot of us and for them in that moment is that God's withholding something good from them. Mm -hmm. And that, yes, God is God. He is powerful. He is great. But is he really good? And and so I think the relational side of the Father is so important because I can believe in my life that God can do all things, that God is powerful, but my doubts at times come with, well, then why does God not? Is God really good? Does he really have our best interest? And so it's so important that we understand both natures of God being good and great, Father and Almighty, Mm -hmm. um, and and to give us a broader understanding of who God is and who he desires to be in our lives. And see, that was something I didn't know know about that text in the creation narrative yeah. that went from Lord God to yeah 20, just God. 20 times, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, and then the small little segment with the serpent, it's just God. Which, you know, one of the things I hear in that is that the serpent does not want to acknowledge who God is. Right. He doesn't want God to be Lord. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, for me, the, the message of Almighty is so powerful because I think while we profess that in the creed and we, you know, profess that in conversation, I think there is something inside of us that if I'm struggling with a problem, if I'm struggling with an issue, you know, is God really almighty? Right. Bonnie, you were ready to jump on that. No, no, no. I just, I I was thinking, you know, the concept of Lord and the concept of almighty go together because if, if God is really almighty, then I have to say that I am not, I am not almighty. I can't do everything on my own. Um, And so if God is... I mean, at that point, you you do have to consider, you know, Adam and Eve. They're sitting around um, making these decisions, and the and and the serpent is trying to tell them, you know, do you really, you know, can you trust God, um, and is God really good in those instances? Um, and they, you know, of course, that temptation becomes um, that you know is is God Almighty, and can He do all these things, or do I have to trust myself? Yeah. Right. Um, well, and we'll see this week going into the second statement. It carries that relational aspect over because it's, and I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, right? And so um, that relational side of God continues through in the creed as we go from father to son this week in week two of our series. You know, and I was thinking the same segue because now we're going to, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son. Our Lord. Yeah. Same thing that we're getting from Genesis. And and the great thing about the Apostles' Creed, when you stop and consider it and break it down, it, it does have a Trinitarian yeah. outline for it. Yeah. God, 
Jesus, Holy and Spirit. And half of the 12, so there's kind of 12 lines, which is why yeah. it's a 12-week series, right. which is why it's a 12-chapter book. Half of those, six of those statements have to do with Jesus. Right. Right, and, and and it's going to be fun in a couple of weeks because we're going to get a statement we don't usually use that Tenet brings up in the book. I'm looking forward to that. I remember you said you didn't want to preach that one, so uh, I, I will have fun. We left that, that day. one for you. Yeah. So so let let let's let's look ahead. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Now, here's one of my experiences. Uh, you know, when you think of the serpent, not saying Lord God, but God, one of the things that that I have experienced is people are okay talking about God. And sometimes when they're okay, they don't want to say God. You know, the man upstairs, right? You know, they they have other nomenclature for that. But typically I find out if you talk about belief in God, people can kind of handle that. Yeah. But when you name God, it gets different. You know, you can say, well, I believe in God, you know, you know, that created the universe. People may disagree with that, but they don't argue too much. Right. But when you equate Jesus, the son with the father, that's controversial. Yeah. I mean, it, it really does uh, get very specific. Um, I think also part of it, too, is um, the the church uh, with a capital C, we haven't always done a great job of representing who Jesus is. And so I think those outside of the church at times can have such a negative feeling towards Jesus because mm-hmm. of the followers of Jesus and, and how we um, represent him or act um, at times and treat people at times. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of things that get wrapped into into that that aren't even necessarily connected to Jesus outside of the fact that you know, we, we're, we're sinful followers of Jesus who don't always represent him the way that we should. Mm-hmm. Were you going to jump in on that? Um, no, I just, I, I completely agree. And that, I mean, that goes way back to another thing that I think is controversial about the creed um, in and of itself is that so often people can look at the creed and they say, well, I'm not going to listen to any of that. That That's just debatable because... I don't trust the Christians that wrote it. Okay. So <laughs> so you said something, and I think I know you well enough to know yeah, there's a lot more in what you just said than what most people realize. Yeah. Because you said there are some people don't believe that. It's debatable. Mm-hmm. That suggests to me, correct me if I'm wrong, of I'm course, sure that you will, I will. Uh, <laughs> that Maybe. people have debated this with you. Of course. Well, we'll, we'll share. <laughs> Testify. Um, <laughs> um, just, just you know, the experience that I have have seen is um, the, and I, you know, I don't want to, you know, completely squash somebody's feelings uh, because you know faith is really hard. Right. It's really difficult. Um, and you know, just you know, as you were talking about in your your sermon this week, just the the statement, um, I believe in God. That's even that's a hard statement. Yeah, there's to grasp. The, you believe in God or you you don't. Yeah. But not everybody believes the same thing about God. And Jesus is certainly representative that I, when I pray to God, I'm praying to Jesus. Right. You know, yeah. and, and some people pray to God, but don't involve Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and that's, you know, we've spent a lot of time in ministry to college students. You know, we were at the Wesley right. for multiple years. And um, and so that's typically the age group where you see a lot of deconstruction of faith. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and there is a tendency at times to throw the baby out with the bathwater where you may struggle with one aspect or whatever, and you're wrestling through that. And as a result, you just throw it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I think that's where some of the debate and some of the struggles with some of the statements in the creed comes from is, is when people are really wrestling with these big questions and, and maybe they, um, are, are don't understand or are frustrated about one aspect or another. And, and so they want to just throw it all out. Um, but what I think is so important about this second statement in, in representing, you know, Jesus, Son, and Lord is um, recognizing Jesus has authority in our mm-hmm. lives or should have authority in our lives, that Jesus isn't just a good man that walked the earth, yeah. that Jesus isn't just um, a, a prophet, um, but Jesus is God. Not a great moral teacher like Socrates or Confucius. Right. Like Jesus is God. And I think that's where a lot of times, even within the Christian body, people want to argue that. Um, I've had conversations with Christians who don't necessarily believe that, that do believe that um, it's, we should not be worshiping Jesus. We should be worshiping God. And, 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 and my thought is, well, there's tons of examples in scripture of people worshiping Jesus and tons of examples of Jesus claiming that he is, is not, God. he is God. He's yeah. not just a, a, a man. And, and we'll look at, you know, in future statements on Jesus conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, which is all, what I'll be looking at in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Like we'll look at those statements and even further, the creed is proclaiming that Jesus is God, not just right. a good person, but is someone that is worthy of being uh, the Lord of our life. One of the catchphrases in the church that is used all the time is when people talk about their faith in Christ, when they talk about being a follower of Christ, they'll say, Jesus is my uh, Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I think we get those reversed. I mm-hmm. think it should be Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. Most people want Jesus for Savior, right? Yeah. You know, Forgive my sin, pay the price for my Give sin. Give me that fire insurance. Yeah, save me from my sin. I'm all in. But my Lord, right. I don't want you telling me what to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, when I was describing, you know, we baptized uh, uh, an 11 year old and a 14 year old this last week, and when I was talking to them about the vows, and you know, do you profess Jesus as your Lord? I said, do y'all know what that means? And you know, it, it's going to mean something different to me than it does to them. But I said, essentially, what this means is Jesus is my boss. Yeah. I do what. Jesus says, I don't say, Jesus, would you bless what I do? I mean, I do pray that, but the submissive prayer is, you're my boss. You tell me what to do and and, and let me be faithful. I also, uh, gosh, we're already running short so on time. So much to talk about. So much. The, but, so much. But here, here's something else. You know, we talked about God as Father, relationship, mm-hmm. uh, but now we're seeing difference in the relationship. Yeah. It's not just with the Heavenly Father. This is with... A son. Yeah. Uh, and God is not father without the son. That's a whole whole other. Okay, come on. Go. There's, there's a whole other <laughs> layer of that there because God becomes father because, because Jesus is the son. Um, I mean, you can't even, like, if there's not a son, then you're not 
Josh the dad. Well, yeah, and I think what we see in all this is the relational side of God, not just with us. Not limited to parental. Right. Within God's self, God is relational. At his core, God is relational. Even before we were created, Mm -hmm. God was relational. We were actually created out of that relational side of God. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, I think, is so important to understand and to know and to believe. And it's so drastically different than the understanding of God um, in, in all other religions across the world uh, is this relational side of God being father, which you talked about this week, mm-hmm. and now son this upcoming Sunday. And part of the struggle that Jesus had in his ministry, you know, with the, the religious leaders, Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees, you know, all those people, was when he called God father, they said, you're making yourself co-equal to God, because that would make you the son. That would make you the heir. And we get in the book of Romans, and it talks about that. Right. But the amazing thing is, is it says that all of us are children of God. Mm-hmm. We're the joint heirs right. with Jesus Christ, provided that, this is a part that gets left off, and it causes me to struggle, uh-huh. provided that. We join him in his sufferings. But that's another statement for another day. But um, I do think that it's important that the the crafters of Mediterranean men, uh, that they wanted Christians to know it's not just believing in God the Father, almighty creator of heaven and earth, but also in Jesus Christ, his only son, which I think we get into that maybe more next week. or well, I'm not sure. I'll, I have to read the book. Right. Uh, uh, Our Lord. Yeah. And just, the, again, the whole relational, God wants to know us, God wants to be known by us, and the fullest and best revelation we have of who God is, Yeah, we see in Jesus. Yeah. And I don't know if we've had any uh, interaction, questions or whatever as we've been going on, but I do know we had a question that was submitted to us before the podcast um, with regards to the the kind of the flow of mm-hmm. the sermon series in relation to the book and how should we be reading the book. And, and uh, the book is 12 chapters plus the introduction, and each one of those chapters is a line from or a segment of the Apostles' Creed. And so that's why it's a 12-week sermon series. And so chapter one was two days ago. Chapter two will be this upcoming Sunday. So if you've got the book and you're reading along with us each week, uh, that'd be a good thing. If you want to read ahead, you can read chapter two this week and you'll be prepared coming in this Sunday for, uh, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And so along with the sermon series on the Apostles' Creed, uh, those of you that are watching live, midweek starts tomorrow night, which is what, September 13th? 13th, yeah. I believe. And Josh, why don't you say something about adults in midweek? And Bonnie, why don't you say something about children? Okay, Okay, yeah. So I'm super excited. Midweek is back, just like the podcast is back. The flood messed so many things up, and uh, we are excited. Tomorrow night, 5.30, there will be a dinner every week from 5.30 to 6.30, um, if you can't can't make it at 5.30, that's fine. There will be food th- during that time. Um, and then at 6.15 is when the youth will head to the sanctuary. 6.30 is when programming across the board will start with children, and Bonnie will give you more details on that. But for adults, in the past we've had multiple classes and we've been kind of spread all out. Um,
Um, but for this semester, and, and we're evaluating whether this will work or not, but really excited. We're going to have a all-church study together. Um, you know, So many times we're divided because we have two different worship services and multiple Sunday school classes, and this is going to be an all-church study um, on Wednesday night, 6.30 to 7.30. We're going to be studying the 12 disciples, which I'm really excited about. I was sharing with staff this morning. I've already learned a ton about the disciples mm-hmm. in preparing for this, and it'll be a, a, a combination of some total group teaching from me, um, but then a lot of interactive discussion at the tables. So we'll be sitting around the tables eating dinner, and then at 6.30, we'll stay around those tables, and it'll be a lot of uh, discussion around the tables um, and kind of back and forth between me teaching and then throwing it to the tables for some uh, some discussion at the tables. So it's going to be really interactive. Um, bring your Bibles. We're going to be looking at a Ooh, lot of Scripture. Bring your Bible, <laughs> yeah. not your phone. Bring your right. Bible. Well, bring your phone. You, you can bring your phone. <laughs> Phone. I, I use the, the Bible app on my phone. but I'm hard bring, copy guy. Yeah, bring your Bibles or your phone with your Bible app. We're going to be looking at a ton of Scripture as we kind of take a deep dive looking at each of the disciples. This first week's going to be an introduction. Um, we'll talk a little bit about discipleship and what that looked like for the 12 disciples and what that means for us today and our understanding at St. Andrews of discipleship. And then next week, we'll start taking a deep dive into each of the disciples, and I'm excited about it. Preferred translation of the Bible if people bring a Bible? I typically teach from the New Living, um, but I also use NIV and and multiple, but New Living is typically what I teach from. All right. Bonnie? Okay, so um, yeah, so children's ministry um, is available as well. Um, April's got the nursery covered. Um, in um, the kids ministry area, what we're going to talk about is um, it's a curriculum from Seedbed Kids. You can check it out and you can Google it um, called The Life of Discipleship. So we're going to start out um, learning a little bit about the Apostles' Creed, um, if that sounds a little bit familiar. Um, so my hope is for, um, for our parents to be learning a little bit about um, that stuff on Sunday morning so when the kids come with them oh, to them awesome. with questions maybe they kind of can already answer those things um, but then it we're not just stopping with the Apostles Creed the goal is to have them memorize the Apostles Creed by the end of midweek um, for fall nice excellent um, so um, so you can bring them into um, into uh, church and um, see if your kid actually has it memorized and maybe maybe that gives you a, um, a prompting to, to memorize the Apostles Creed for yourself as well. Um, But we're also going to learn about lots of things um, just involved in what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, We're going to talk about what is the Trinity, um, which is really kind of freaking me out. I'm not going to I might need to come (laughs) get that myself. Come come learn Um, about it. Because, yeah, and especially as a children's minister, because all of, you know, they tell you all of the different analogies that they have for the Trinity. All the easy ones are heresy. They're all heresy. (laughs) And so, you know... Uh, and that's something that I'm going to kind of explain to the kids. I'm going to say, hey, this is one way that we have tried to explain this in the past, but it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So everything I just taught you, that's not really true. Um, So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) um, We're going to learn about the Trinity. We're going to learn about um, what it means that God is the Father, what it means that God is Son, what it means that God is Holy Spirit. Um, DA, I'm going to try to teach these children about the different graces um, we're gonna do That'll be a little confirmation <laughs> class preparation. Well, a little right bit there. of a preparation. They're the, gonna talk about the grace part's easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Well, 
Friend, again, it's if, exciting. If I'm you're excited. watching live uh, September 13th, tomorrow night, midweek starts. If you're watching uh, delayed, you can still come to midweek even yeah. if you don't make it tomorrow night. Of course, every Sunday we have two services at 9 o'clock, which is a more traditional service, and our 1030 uh, regular kind of service. Uh, and then next week, podcast. Uh, if you have questions about yeah. the Son, submit those. We'll get those. But we're going to move on to Conceived by the Holy Spirit, Born, Born of, of the, the Virgin Mary. Mary. So come back for that. It's going to be great. Come back and see which bobblehead will be joining us next week. I have 172, so we'll have a different one every week. You know, I, I was going to call attention to Nacho Libre. He's in his recreational stretchy <laughs> pants. Uh, and uh, But I thought, no, I want to see if people just say, man, what was up with the bobblehead? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there'll be a different one. I'm a, I'm a crazy collector and there'll be awesome. a different one every week awesome friends we love you thanks for for listening today uh we hope you'll tune in next week share with a friend if you found this helpful god bless